0: Welcome to the Peaceful World Schooling podcast featuring your host, Angela Harters. We are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. Together, we believe that the world is our biggest and best classroom and the people and places in it are our greatest teachers. So I invite you to join me on the adventure of a lifetime, beginning with a conversation that can change the world. Today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast is brought to you by the book, Gospel-Based Parenting, a biblical study on discipline and discipling. In this book, you will explore what the Bible really says about spanking, and how we can discipline our children the biblical way, without spanking or punishment. Every chapter includes a list of discussion and application questions to help you reflect on God's Word, God's heart, and your own heart as you seek to discipline and disciple your children like Jesus. Buy your copy today. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast, where we are committed to cultivating a peaceful world beginning right in our own hearts and homes. My name is Angela Harters, and I'm your host. And today, I have the privilege and honor of introducing you to Sharon Page. Thank you so much, Sharon, for being with us. And to all of my listeners, thank you for joining us as we have a conversation that can change the world.
1: Thanks for having me, Angela. I appreciate that you asked me and invited me.
0: I'm so, so excited to have this conversation with you. I have been looking forward to this since I discovered you on Twitter um, not that long ago. And so for those of people that may not be familiar with who you are, Sharon, can you share a little bit about you and your family and your story?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, Yes, I love that we connected on Twitter and... um, Immediately after you reached out to me, I went, and I think I told you this. I looked up um, your podcast and listened to the very first introduction episode and just like thought, oh, you're so like-minded, and I could just everything about your story kind of resonated with me and um, kind of your journey to to unschooling and where you are now. So um, yeah, so I live in uh, Northern Illinois and with my husband and my two children. Uh, Noel, who is 15, and Calvin, who is 14, uh, they are Irish twins, so oh, wow. they're like two days shy of a year apart, and um, <laughs> it is like having twins.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you must have had your hands full when they were like toddlers when they were you know? little. <laughs> 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 it is, um,
1: and so we we do you know everything together, the three you know the three of us homeschool wise and everything, because um, they're so close in age. But um,
0: that's awesome. And,
1: yeah, anyway, but I grew up in a Chicago Chicagoland area and with my husband, and um, shortly after we started dating, we started going to church, and both um, gave our lives to Christ, and shortly thereafter, my husband felt a call to ministry, and so we went to Dallas area. He went to Fort Worth for seminary, and um, as soon as we finished, uh, he felt a calling to not just pastoring but church planting and so and church planting in the Chicagoland area so we moved back home by family and um and began that process of training and getting ready to church plant and that's what brought us to DeKalb Illinois and so our kids were little when we started planting our church and um and so we've we've been here now uh 12, 13 years, I think. And, um, and so when my kids got to be of school age, um, we put them in the Lutheran church preschool and then um, just put them in the local elementary school mm-hmm. and things were going well. And um, then in, when Noel was in third grade and Calvin was in second grade, some issues started to come up. You know, it's like the the higher levels you go in school, then it's not like just fun and games anymore. Then it's some serious things are being asked of them. And so- um,
0: When just, you say some issues started arising, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so, um, so like I noticed that Calvin, when he would bring like homework home, um, especially in math, I noticed, it was like he was way ahead from Mm -hmm. what he was being asked to do and it just kind of became drudgery then for him and so um went to the school this is part of our how to how we got to homeschooling story this is kind of like the kickoff for that um and uh and so we talked to the teacher about it we actually like set up a meeting with her and she sat down with us and I said, hey, you know, it's just kind of weird, like this is really, he seems to be kind of way ahead of the game. And she, um, she said, yeah, you know, with the common core kind of taking place, that was kind of at the beginning where, where everything was being implemented here. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, everyone's kind of going back to like that lowest common denominator, right? This the common core standard kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, she said, so yeah, it's going to feel like really too easy for him for a while. And I'm like, well, how long is this going to happen? <laughs> and, um, and she suggested, I don't know if it was her suggestion, I don't remember. Anyway, so we went and had a meeting with the principal and he goes, well, hmm, okay, let me look at his map scores. And so he went in his file and pulled out Calvin's map scores and they show, it's like a line with like a square where every one tests out like the average yeah and Calvin was like way off the chart on the oh, advanced wow. end like uh-huh. way off just him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, yeah, that is kind of surprising. And mm. so we talked a little more about that. And he said, you know, let me have him meet with the school psychologist and maybe we can look at moving him up a grade.
2: Hmm.
1: And I thought, okay. Cause oh, I know what I asked. I said, well, do you have any like enrichment for him to do? you know, anything extra or higher level that he could be doing in class while everyone else is kind of doing the main stuff. And he goes, yeah, no, we, there's, there's nothing until the kids get to junior high in the way of like enrichment. Yeah. Like, okay. And then I'm thinking, should I be doing stuff with him at home? And I thought, no, not after he did stuff at school all day. Why would I bring him home and make him do like more math stuff? (laughs) It just seemed overkill. So anyway, so over the next three weeks, once a week, he would meet for 20 minutes with the school psychologist, mm. and and then she put together a report, gave it to the principal, and then the principal sat down with us. We didn't really even get to talk with her, and all he said was, no, he's fine where he's at. Like, he shouldn't move up. The school psychologist said he, he shouldn't move up. Huh. Um, but over the period of these three weeks, you know, we were thinking in our heads, like, all right, well, what if this happened? What if they... Decided to promote him a grade. How would how would that all play out? You know, first of all, Noelle's in the grade up. Would he be in her class? And would that how would she might feel weird, you know? Or yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then um, some people were saying, well, as they get to the older grades, like then, um, if he did, were to do any sports or anything, then his little body would be he would be on the younger end, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So that might
1: kind of mess up that. Hmm um so when they said yeah no leave more where he's at we're like all right fine that's fine and they said but you know when we looked at him like he's really advanced in reading as well like his language arts hmm. so they put him in a special little group that would kind of meet for the higher level kind of reading kids and i'll i remember the first thing he brought home from that and he goes I'm supposed to read this and write a report. This is second grade. He's like, I don't even know what that, like, what, what, am, what is that? What am I supposed to do? Is, is, mm-hmm. You know, he didn't know. He was too little. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't, this doesn't seem right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right either. Um, so that was like one big thing. Um, and then the other kind of big thing was, um, like all this while, Noel's doing great. She was happy. She was friends doing, you know, pretty average school wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so happy with the teachers and everything. Um, and <laughs> Calvin really, and I, I'm, I'm surprised I never did anything about it earlier, but like from the first day in preschool, he was bullied on the playground and
2: mm. in school.
1: Um, and I know that's a harsh word. Um, so to varying degrees, you know, but at that time, he said that um, that he um, would go to school every day and he would bring his lunch, I would make the lunch from home. And he said a lot of the buddies that he was hanging with would go through the school line, get their lunch, and then um, kind of throw it in the garbage, but they would go pilfer through his lunch bag and take the food that he had. <laughs> So he got to the point, he said, I just sit there with my lunch bag on my lap and maybe pull out one cheese stick or something. And that was his lunch. And I'm like, oh my goodness, he's, you know, probably that afternoon had to be rough with no food in your belly. Yeah. I'm trying to do stuff. And, um, and so there were a lot of come to find out with the teacher that there were a lot of behavior issues in the class that she was dealing with. Um, not her fault, but she said, yeah, 70% of my time is taken up with dealing with stuff. She goes, so yeah, I take a bunch of um, worksheets and I give them to all the kids who are doing fine and they sit and do the worksheets and I deal with whatever. Um, she wasn't reading to the kids at all. Calvin's like, no, she never reads to us. Wow. Um, and And then kind of toward the end of the year, one of his report cards, he had a one, which I guess like on a scale, one, two, three, four kind of grades, he had a one in writing hmm. and I, um, the first instinct was, you know, as a parent, you're like, oh, he's not trying hard enough or whatever. But then putting all the pieces together, it was like, no, he's being asked to do all these this busy work. He's a lefty already and he's in second grade and he's asked to be doing all this busy work and his little hand, just, you know, when it got time for writing like a journal entry, his little hand just couldn't do it. And he said the teacher would just kind of stand over him and come on, do it, do it. And he would just shut down just Aww. at that point. He was just like shut down. Um, so I had our, our district was already like rezoning their, you know, what kids went to each, um, you know, elementary school in the district. They were already rezoning, and there was a chance we were going to have to go to, he would have to be, instead of walking to the local school, he would have to be bused across town to a, a different school. And that kind of got us thinking, like, all right, well, what's plan B for us, maybe, with all these issues going on, and then possibly going to a different school? And we thought, all right, well, should we go to the Christian school? Should we look at private school? And there was one nearby that a lot of our friends were sending their children to. And I looked up the price and I thought, oh, we should get like a pastor's discount. And they had one for tuition. But um, but we were just like, oh my gosh, you know, even, even with that, like it was just way too high to, to do that with two kids. And so we thought, okay, well, there's homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> like I never had really thought about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I had all of those uh, preconceived notions about it. You know, I had all of those, like, I believed all the myths about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the kids would be sheltered and that I needed to, you know, be like the teacher person that, you know, I would have to make them listen to me. And I just, yeah, I had all those ideas about it. And um, yeah. those and
0: are so, all very common, by the way. I feel right. like we all <laughs> go through this, process of, you know, we have this experience or whatever with homeschool kids or even the stereotypes around homeschoolers that they're weird or they're awkward or they're not socialized, whatever that means mm-hmm. and all those of things. So all those, you know, fears and concerns that you're experiencing are totally, totally normal. Right.
1: <laughs> right. But what I, you know, then when it was like, okay, well maybe this might actually, you know, we might actually do this. Um, I, Found a couple of people that I knew that had done it. Um, some one was um, a friend who was actually doing it, but I had never sat down and talked to her about it. So I asked her to coffee and asked her all the questions, and you know, all the ones. What do you do about socialization? You know, all the biggies. And I was shocked. She had like excellent answers to each one, like things that I didn't think had answers to. Like I was expecting her to say oh, yeah, you know, yeah, they are sheltered, and they are weird, or whatever, <laughs> you know, but she was like, no, actually, blah, 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 and she gave um, really good answers, and then I met with um, the mom of a another friend who um, had homeschooled all her children, and she was older, so she was a veteran, asked her all the questions, and she gave, you know, really excellent, helpful um, wisdom and advice, and and then I just started doing my own like reading and reading blogs and doing like online research. And, um, and then I like fell in love with the idea. Then it was like, ooh, I'm already a homeschool mom or a stay at home mom, I'm already home. Why would I not try this? Like yeah. why? I'm in the perfect position to give this a chance. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because there were many times since my kids had gone to school, right. My daughter had been in school four years. There were many times that I thought, should I go get get like a job? Should I go do something? My husband would always say, just do what you want, you know, whatever. Um, and there were many times where I remember my kids being in school and I would just sit home and like, just worry about them Mm. and wish for any chance that I could go get, them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, I just really longed to be with them, and so I thought, oh yeah, I got, I have to try this at least, try it for a year. And a lot of my um, wise mom friends said, give it, a, give it at least a year to to do it and see if you like it. And yeah, of course, I fell in love, and then I like dove all in <laughs> for it, and um, and now it's become just like yeah, like a passion of mine to learn about it and. I'm, yeah upset i obsessively read about it you see me on twitter thinking about it interacting with people
0: yeah um, me too yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's wonderful i i love hearing your your journey and how it evolved from seeing your son that was struggling but it's interesting he was struggling not because he was what we would say a bad student or a poor mm-hmm. student he was struggling because he was advanced. He was above the work that they were giving him. And I, I wish that I could say that his story is uncommon, but it's really not. And it's just kind of the nature of the beast with school. You've got, you know, 35 kids in one classroom, and there's just no way that you can teach to each individual child's needs. It's, it's just, it's impossible. Um, And then also hearing your daughter's experience that, she was enjoying the school environment. And, and so I'm wondering what that transition was like for them, your son, as well as for your daughter, that she wasn't hating school. She was actually enjoying it. What was that like for them to transition from being in a school environment to now being homeschooled? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good question for my daughter. Um, she didn't want to do it at first.
2: Mm. And,
1: um, I guess looking back, um, yeah, it, it was it was mostly about him. And in my mind, I think I thought logistically, like, well, how could I have one in school and one not, right? Like now I would, I, I feel like maybe I would be a little more open-minded, like do what's good for one, do what's good for the other. Um, and yet I thought, well, you know, if we're, if I'm going to be, if Calvin and I are going to be sleeping in, Noel I might as well sleep in too, yeah. right? Um, and, and us do all things together. And so, um, I said, you know, no, we're all, we're all going to try this together. And she, yeah, she was sad to, to, to leave. And uh, obviously it was mostly about friends. And so I said, well, what we're going to do is, um, you know, what my, my brownie leader, mom always told me <laughs> make new friends to keep the old <laughs> one is silver and the other gold. Yeah. And so we, I, sought out ways to make new friends. And we did make new friends, um, which was good. And then at birthday time, you know, that was halfway through the year, um, their birthdays are in, are in January and we had the birthday party and we invited some of the old school friends and they came and it was just enough to for her to know, like, I'm not sacrificing friendships. That's something that's important to her. And, um, and obviously, I think just as she's gotten older, she's 15 now, you know, your friend circle gets smaller. Yeah. You know, think about as an adult, our friends, at least my friend's circle is pretty small. And so, um, so I think we've been able to meet that need for her and that's been really good. And she has settled into the lifestyle, <laughs> <laughs> the homeschool lifestyle. Um, and I hope has seen a lot of the benefits, you know, of time to pursue what she wants to do of, yeah. you know, especially for Calvin, warm meals, you get to sit and enjoy them.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you get to finish everything
0: Not the anymore and
1: eat one chip at a time. You can eat, yeah. um, you know, of getting enough rest of, yeah. getting, you know, going crazy one day and resting the next day and, mm-hmm. um, and doing really fun things for a whole day with your friends, right? When we get I'm together for a park day, yeah. And um, and she knows that, and I hope I hope both my kids know that I'm willing to like drive them wherever. <laughs> I'm willing to to go to the places. I'm willing to to do that for them because um, I know that at least for you know Noel, especially that's important to her.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: and. My goodness, with social media and/or you know electronics and internet, my kids are constantly connected to their friends on their phone on Discord. They have like this running <laughs> message, little text message thread going, and so um, yeah,
0: yeah, that's so true. That making that shift to homeschool doesn't mean that you have to give up the friends that you had mm-hmm. in school. And I love that phrase that you said, you know, it's, we're adding in new friends, we're making new friends and we're adding to the old and Mm -hmm. we can value both. Um, We can value both equally. And, and it is true too that as they get older, their friendship circle will definitely get a lot smaller and, and they'll be a little bit more, more picky, but also they'll have a lot more ownership over how they interact with, with their friends. Um, My Mm -hmm. daughter is eight. (laughs) so she's well she'll be eight when this airs she's seven right now um but when this episode airs she'll be eight Mm -hmm. and um and she she's still at the beginning of that you know where she's wanting to make a whole lot of friends but but even in meeting a lot of friends you know we go to parks and play dates and we have like groups that we connect with on Facebook and co-ops and all different kinds of things that we participate in but even in doing all of that it's like she still only has a really small, you know, group of friends that are super, super close that, you know, come over to the house and we go to their house and things like that. So it's it is definitely a myth, you know, when they say that homeschoolers aren't socializing. And, and it always makes me laugh when people say that because I'm like, I feel like we socialize now more than any family that I know of that has their children in school because we do have all day that we can be with people, you know, we have all day that we can spend time investing in other people and investing in those, those friendships. And I love that you're, you communicate to your children that you recognize that having those friendships and having those relationships is important for them and that you're willing to drive them wherever they need to go. And you're willing to put in that effort to help them you know, invite the kids to the birthday party from school mm-hmm. and from homeschool. And, and you're willing to make that effort to make sure that you're honoring the friendships that they have. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and I'm, I'm super curious to hear about how her journey has evolved over time. But before we jump into that, um, yeah. I know that when you started homeschooling, you're unschoolers now, but you did not start out as unschoolers. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I would love to hear about how that journey evolved for you. How did you discover unschooling? How did you make that jump? Like what happened when <laughs> from homeschooling to unschooling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously when we
1: first started, I, um, thought of homeschooling as just a way to, um, not replicate, but like replace that, aspect but do it at home Mm -hmm. so um i did get kind of excited and um did the whole uh you can probably see behind me like made the school room and Uh and did all that i felt i'm like i need desks i need you know things um i laugh about it now (laughs) (laughs) we have this we're unschoolers in this schoolish environment but um But yeah, I did, um, went to the, uh, Illinois Christian home educators conference. I was told by, you know, one of the moms that I was kind of interviewing to do that. And so I went to that and saw the big vendor fair with all the curriculum places. And I walked around and, um, you know, bought things that I thought we needed. And so, um, started out very schoolish, although I did hear about de-schooling mm-hmm. before we started, and um, for people that aren't and,
0: familiar, can you share what, a little bit about what de-schooling is, or yes, what that was like for yes. you?
1: Yeah, so deschooling, schooling um, what I thought it only was, and what I did when we first started, was just when school started, like after summer break and when we were like, okay, you know, the kids are going back to school now, then you start and you have this period of time where you don't do anything yet. You don't start anything like structured and you let your kids get used to the idea of not going back to school. Like, see, everyone else is going, look, there goes the bus, there goes the kids walking to school. We're here, we're in our PJs and we got our, you know, bowl of cereal and whatever. And you um, allow your kids to just like decompress. And that's mainly obviously for people that are pulling their children out of school. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did um, because they were there for a few years. And it's just a period of time. We did it for two weeks. I don't know where I got that number that we needed to do that Um, before we were then like, okay, now we're going to do our thing, right? And then you do that. However, now, after many years of (laughs) seeing (laughs) this, I see that de-schooling is really mainly for the parents Mm. who who are studying the they over student schooling. And that level is, um, especially like me, I went to public school all my life, you know, my years. And and so everything that I think about when it comes to education is... um, informed by my the, w- the way that things were done for me at school the way school does things and so we tend to like tie schooling with education mm-hmm. and so deschooling is kind of the process of taking those two apart
0: mm-hmm. and um that's and, a really yeah. powerful distinction like making yeah. a decision between schooling and education because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people we do we kind of conflate those two that we think mm-hmm. that going to a good school means that you're getting a good education. What is the difference for you between schooling and education?
1: Right. Um, the, the way that like image in my head of, of disentangling the two, I got that from, um, Carrie McDonald in her book. I think it's on schools. It's called, um, I'll look that up at the end. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, like thinking, what you do is you kind of like, in your mind, um, question the way that the school does education um, and asking why. So um, why um, at a desk, say, Mm
2: -hmm. why
1: seated at a desk? Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, why not just move our bodies if we need to and think at the same time? Or yeah. um, why only between 8 and 3 p.m. every day?
2: Mm-hmm. But my
1: kids, you know, why not let my kid do things in the evening when their brains are a little more awake? Or um, why only from textbooks? Why not just exploring the library? Or why, why not go to a place? Or, um, you know, so... Thinking about schoolish things and kind of like then shedding those layers and mm-hmm. thinking, um, you know, how does natural learning actually happen? Mm-hmm. Can it be, maybe it's different. Um, every child is different. The way school does things is everybody does the same thing at the same age, same level. Well, I know from Calvin, he's way at a different level, you know? So why not let him do one thing and Noel do another? Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, so, um, so the work of de-schooling for the homeschool parent is actually an ongoing thing, right? Because there's always, at least for me, I know um, things always start to come up, Mm -hmm. especially each year as my kids get older and older. Um, I start to have fears and doubts, yeah. and you know, like any normal person, <laughs> anyone who's willing to admit it.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and and you think of these school things, and especially I've noticed um, myself a lot of like milestone things, mm. right? Things that I did in school. Well, um, you know, well, I went to prom. What about my kids? Yeah should they be going to prom? Is that something that's needed? And then you think, well, do they, do they wanna do that? Is there a way that we can do something similar? Um, you know, or whatever, you know, boy, I, I was on honor roll. Should I be worried about that they don't have, you know, something like that? And so, yeah, so you, when those thoughts come up or whatever, you need a little more de-schooling, a little more like question, you just get curious about why do I think that way? Why do I think that's important? And then, um, and then speak truth to that of like, do my kids even want to, you know, X Y Z, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, is that good for them? Is that important? Um, can they learn it differently or whatever? So anyway, so yes, we we started out um, very school at homeish with all the all the you know curriculum and there were a lot of tears on their end and mine. <laughs> we, le- we can laugh about it now, By my husband, you know, I just heard him telling somebody the-, the other day, oh yeah, you know, the kids would call me, mom's crying again, Aww. you know? <laughs> um, and, and so it was a lot of, yeah, like butting heads, like me trying to be teacher authority mm-hmm. and the kids, or me expecting the kids to sit there and be you know taught and excited about everything not just learn it but love it and then do it and um
0: and they weren't excited and thrilled
1: (laughs) they weren't they were a little bit they were happy to be there and and there's some aspect of you know it's fun to play school sometimes right like i love to play school um Mm -hmm. and i right after high school um I did go to college for a little bit. I stopped just shy of my student teaching. So I went to school for elementary ed. Uh And there was part of me that was like, oh, I can finally like do what I was going to do, but never did kind Uh of thing. Um,
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. And so, and that's probably why I went crazy with like the homeschool room and everything. I was like, oh, they're going to play school. Um, But then when it actually came to doing it, it wasn't It was not fun. Um,
0: I hear a lot of parents say that same thing, that when they tried to do the school at home, like when they thought of homeschool as school at home, Mm -hmm. it ended exactly how you said, with (laughs) the kids crying, the mom crying, the dad crying, everyone's crying. Right. (laughs) Crying and upset and frustrated. And it just became you know, this, this power struggle almost of I'm trying to be this authority figure and force you to do X, Y, Z, because I think this is important for you. And it just, homes are not meant to function that way. (laughs) Like families are not meant to function that way at all. Um, and yeah, so doing school at home, um, definitely does not work. Um, Yeah. Very long. (laughs) Right. right. So you started out with doing school at home. How did you end up discovering unschooling? Yeah.
1: So, um, so then I just kind of found that like all the things that we were doing, like for instance, um, we were doing Saxon math Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I loved it. I was like, oh, this is just like, I used to do learn math, you know? Um, but it would have like a, pre-test kind of thing, like a little timed test. And then you had your lesson and then you had your worksheets. And then it, you know, after so many lessons, you had a test. And by the time we would get to the test, I would think, well, I already know what they know. Like, why am I giving them this test and making them do this thing? And it just seemed, and then I noticed that was happening with a lot of things where it was like, they're doing this work. And yet I just sat talking to them about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I already know where they're at, what they, you know,
2: yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I just felt like it became so cumbersome and overkill. Yeah. That's and I started to really, um, and then, I, and then, you know, how you, you buy curriculum and then you put it on this, sh- you don't use it and then you put it on the shelf and then you're, you ache every time you walk by and you're like, oh my God, God. <laughs> we've spent how many hundreds of dollars on this? he's going to kill me if I ask, can I go buy some more? I'm gonna buy a different kind, you know, yeah. um, but I know we're not going to like or use either. So, <laughs> um, so I, I knew, yeah, I, I just knew it was, it was just too much. It was just too much. And, um, and we were having fun with a lot of the other things that we were doing. Um, we, uh, I found, at the YMCA, a homeschool PE class. And uh-huh. we found that the first, the, that first year that we started homeschooling, signed the kids up, made friends. And then when summer rolled around, they said, oh, by the way, um, we meet all summer too, our little friend group. Oh. And every week we pick a day of the week and we decided Thursday. And every week we, we text each other and we either go to a, you know like a museum or meet at a park or meet at someone's house. And uh, we were with that friend group for a while. But anyway, one of the ladies in the friend group, um, uh, the other moms actually told me this. They're like, oh, so and so, she unschools. Mm. And I was like, really? What is unschooling? And she said, um, you know, well, she doesn't use any curriculum. The kids just do what they want, basically. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> It was very like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. And even they were a little like, yeah, it's a little, you know, it's cuckoo crazy. Mm. And um, so I tucked the, you know, filed that away. And the whole next year was going by and I was feeling big time, all those feelings of like, this is too much, this is overkill. And something made me go online. And I think I went to YouTube. It was the first thing I did. And I typed in unschooling to see if there were any videos. And a video came up of, um, a, a, like, a video of a podcast, like we're doing. And um, it was Anarchast,
2: oh. so an anarchy
1: podcast. Yeah. And it was Jeff Berwick, the host, and David Rodriguez was the guest. I
0: love him.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. And um, they were talking about unschooling. Mm-hmm. And the way they explained it and just the idea of like having like freedom, obviously, and that whole aspect of it. And I was just like, yeah, this sounds right to me. This just sounds really kind of what I was looking for.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And so I did that. And then, and then I did some other like online digging and then I just fell down the rabbit hole, (laughs) totally fell down it. Um, I started, I have a blog and so I just kind of use it just to like, get my thoughts out, you know, on paper. And, um, and so I started blogging about it and just kind of thinking through, I like to go back and read those sometimes and just laugh at the transition. I was like, very scared. I was like, I don't know. I'm really fascinated, but I'm kind of afraid. And, um, that's a
0: great way to put it. I'm fascinated (laughs) yeah and that's how I that's how I felt too when I first started learning about unschooling I was totally fascinated like this sounds amazing and it sounds too good to be true and it sounds super cool but it also sounds absolutely terrifying yeah
1: yeah yeah and and then when I started talking to my husband about it he of course then thought it was hippie like a hippie (laughs) Uh (laughs) and he's like well let me ask you this are you going to start growing out your underarm hair you know (laughs) is that what you're going to do is that what this unschooling is Um, and um and I did title one of my blog articles grown out my underarm hair um and uh but but I realized it's you know um there's a lot of it's a lot of philosophy yes but um the idea of Freedom, the idea of, of children directing their own education, the idea of even just um, having what you do be based on what the kids are already interested in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that just makes perfect sense. Like unless you're interested in something, you're not going to want to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even more so than that, not just, oh, let me see what my kids are interested in and then craft something for them. Mm-hmm. It's letting the interest guide them and what they want to do and how they want to learn about that specific thing and go as far as they want to go or dabble for a day and then go to something else or um, whatever and um, yeah I just I love that whole idea and from there then I realized the whole peaceful parenting aspect like you can't yeah like you can't I kind of came to the realization of you can't unschool unless you have a certain idea about your children and parenting and the way you relate to them like one's not going to work at least in my mind that's the way that i kind of saw it
0: i totally I... I totally agree so you actually started with unschooling and that led yeah. to becoming a peaceful parent yeah that is yeah. fascinating for me it was actually the opposite i i started out with this premise of gentle parenting or peaceful parenting and then when my daughter got to school age i really started thinking how can i apply the principles of being a gentle peaceful parent when it comes to her education. And for me, there is no other way to do that outside of unschooling. Like unschooling is the natural flow Mm -hmm. of treating someone with respect, with kindness, with love, with grace, with freedom, um, with self-control, you know, like that they're having their own self-control. I'm having my own self-control, like all the aspects of the gospel. I felt like just point their way to gentle parenting and unschooling perfectly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really, looking back, I wish that I knew a lot of those principles when my kids were first born, Mm.
2: you
1: know, because I look back and I go, oh, wow. I, I didn't realize like a lot of the attachment parenting things. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. How different and how much, I don't know, easier and better things would have been if someone would have just told me, no, it's okay to hold, you know, to keep your baby with you all the time and and just those things um yeah so I kind of have a little bit of that but um but yeah I yeah I did go about it differently right so when I first started school at home type homeschool it was authoritarian it was Mm -hmm. I'm the mom and you're gonna listen to me and this is what we're gonna do and just you know force them force force and and punishments and rewards even all those things right tied into like the school day and then even more so. And, um, and when I got into unschooling, I'm like, Oh, I can and peaceful parenting. I can drop a lot of those things and yeah. actually connect with my kids. Cause really like, how are you going to know, um, and be part of like what they're doing and, and their education, if you don't have a really good relationship with them and you're yeah. not connected to them. And that's, that's that's the benefit of a lot of peaceful parenting. But even when I started learning about peaceful parenting stuff, it was from a lot of secular resources and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so the first thing I thought of was, you know, anything that I've knew and been exposed to within like church circles um, was it just like just like any other mainstream parenting stuff, right?
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: punishments and rewards and authoritarian stuff and just all the things. Um, yeah. And so I thought, oh, is there any like Christian, is any, are any Christians doing peaceful parenting? (laughs) I wasn't sure. Um, and, and, and there's still not a lot. Um, it, it still is pretty rare. Although I have to say at our church, a lot of the, um, families that I know, uh, who, who do homeschool, not, not everyone does, but a few that do, they do, I would consider them peaceful parents. So so that to me, that's encouraging. Um, and not because of anything I said, just that's who they are, but, um, but I had read an article kind of, as I was thinking through that, um, by, I think it was in the gospel coalition, blog and it was i believe by jen wilkin and in this article she refers to um you know the greatest commandment right love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength
2: mm-hmm.
1: love your neighbor as yourself yeah. and she said you know we never we when we think about who's our neighbor we think of adults right like mm-hmm. adults in the community or church she goes no your children are your neighbor yeah children are our neighbor. And so all the things, all the unto others, right? Apply to children. And that really struck me and resonated with me. And I thought, oh yeah, um, you know, I need to respect my children
2: Mm. in
1: that way Um, and not see them as less than or um, incomplete or Um, you know they're fully human members of of the church body and um, they're the model of faith to us right (laughs) Um, and so that really just like elevated my view of children Mm. Um, and so instead of me up here and then down here you know it kind of went like that right and so you elevate your view of children it's really like it's been interesting to see how my thoughts have changed even within our church body and, um, me being like a Sunday school teacher, you know, the way that, um, you know, it's almost like, like my heart grew a bunch of sizes, like my heart for children at our, in our church community has grown, not just my children, but all children. And so, um, that's just something I'm excited about. how that that all kind of that how how one led into the other led you know (laughs) led into the other
0: so I love that that is so beautiful and you're you're right that I feel like peaceful parenting and unschooling both are not common in the Christian community in Christian circles Mm -hmm. um and I know a lot of that has to do with that whole idea of, you know, authority and punishments and rewards and and things like that. Um, And it it can be very challenging, you know, when you're kind of exploring these ideas that seem very controversial and that may conflict with what you have been taught or with what we've experienced um, as believers. And mm-hmm. that was actually what inspired me to write my first book. Um, it's called gospel based parenting. And, and it was exactly born out of that because I, I actually stumbled into gentle parenting because I was trying to research the Bible to see how I could spank my child, the way that the Bible says. And um, little did I know the Bible, the Bible does. <laughs> and, right. and it was, mind-blowing for me when i really started diving deep into what scripture said and what scripture teaches about this i really resonated also with that idea that your friend said about loving your neighbor you know loving your neighbor as yourself and loving one another as god called as god has loved us you know and Mm -hmm. looking at what does it look like for me to love my child the way that god has loved me and i feel like that is the biggest shift you know when we really think about our commandment like the biggest commandments that we have are to love God and to love others and loving others looks like, you know, all of first Corinthians 13. Right. Um, and even looking at the fruits of the spirit, right. We say like, okay, as Christians that we have a Holy spirit that's living inside of us, the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's like, a, I feel like I need to write a book on that. <laughs> like, what does it mean to be kind, you know, to, to your children, gentleness, goodness, you know, faithfulness, self-control. Um, and the self-control part I think is, is the most challenging because all throughout history, it's like we have these experiences where in school, it's our teachers that are controlling us and controlling our learning at home. We, we grew up with our parents, we're controlling us and controlling our, our environment or whatever, um, you know, obey right away. I don't know if they said this in your family, but my family parents would say a lot, delayed obedience is disobedience. And it was just kind of that idea of this authority tells you to do something and you obey right away without question. And, and, that was just kind of it, you know? Um, But when we can really step back and look at what does it look like to love our children the way that God has loved us, like the whole world of peaceful parenting and unschooling, I feel like it's just, it's right there at the front of it.
1: Mm Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I did not grow up in a Christian home, Um, but, um, and it's funny because I think back to my mom, and I was an only child and um, my mom and my dad, um, but my mom mainly, I think, I think she was a peaceful parent before there was even a word for such a thing, mm. you know, um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, just, yeah, just so much love and respect. And um, even, you know, like I said, minus being an overtly Christian household, Um, But then I had very like limited exposure to children or other parents. Like I wasn't close to anybody, any other friends that had little ones. And so I feel like when my kids were born, the only things I knew were from those around me in church circles. Mm. And it was that, that very strict um, Christian um, (laughs) parenting. And that's, kind of what I knew um and and I've never been a reader like a natural just reader reader Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so I didn't really read any parenting books or anything I just kind of looked at what was around me and what I was told and a lot of it was um like when my daughter first went into you know a big girl bed and you know they get up during the middle of the night like 10 million times right yeah. And I had asked a friend, you know, how do you get your child to stay in bed once you put them down? And they're like, well, I tell them if they get up, I'm going to spank them. Oh. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess that's what I'll do then. I'll mm. give this threat of <laughs> punishment. Um, yeah. And yeah, and I, and so, yeah, that's what I knew to do. Mm. Um, and And then come to find out, like you're saying, years later, um, that, that that's not a, I would say that's not Christian parenting. Yeah. Right. That's just authoritarian parenting. And so mm-hmm. what I've come to realize now is if you're going to talk about what makes our parenting quote unquote Christian it's mm-hmm. the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the gospel message is that Christ took our punishment on himself right he paid that um that wage of sin which is death yeah he paid for that and rose again you know was buried rose again to prove that it that the payment was sufficient and there's no longer any debt that we owe there's no longer any liability on us right um and so for us then to turn to our children and say, well, you sinned and therefore need punishment. It's like Christ already took all that punishment. Mm-hmm. And so um, to me, um, we're discrediting the gospel mm-hmm. when we, when we treat our children that way, when we punish our children. I, Yeah. I
0: that's what I think. <laughs> that's so true. I, I totally agree. I actually, I wrote an entire chapter in my book about that very idea of the gospel and the heart of the gospel is that, that Jesus atoned for all of mm-hmm. our sins, that he paid the price that he took all of our punishment on the cross. And I had that exact same thought that you had. How can I, how can I punish my child for sins that Jesus has already paid for? I, I can't right. either. I believe the gospel or I don't. And, and if the mm-hmm. gospel is true, and I say that I believe the gospel that Jesus has paid for everything, there's nothing left for my child to have to pay, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the only thing that there is for her is the only thing that is left for me, which is God's grace. And, right. and there's no other way to show the gospel to our children than by giving them the same grace that God has given to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. that's beautiful. I love, I mm-hmm. love. Seeing how like two people in totally different parts of the world <laughs> on totally separate journeys, and it's like God can show us both these same deeply profound ideas, and and I truly believe that that God is just starting to like awaken this in the church, this idea of what it looks like to love one another the way that God has loved us, and to forgive and to extend grace, and what it really looks like to live the gospel with our children, with ourselves, with our families, you know, and it it's it's going to change the world. Um, but it does. It takes people like you and me and other people that have shared with you that are willing mm-hmm. to have these conversations and and share these ideas with other people and let them know, you know, just like as you were listening to David Rodriguez, you're like, oh, I'm hearing him talk. And it's like, gosh, yeah, this, this resonates with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And as we share and and more people have an opportunity to hear, it's like, I feel like this is what's going to start that, that parenting revolution, like this (laughs) this life learning revolution, this gospel based revolution of, of grace, you know, and freedom Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being able to walk in the freedom that Jesus died for.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love, um, yeah, our church is, uh, gospel centered, you know, I love that we just you know, talk about wanting to be gospel experts and um, and I feel like once once you um, not once you arrive at knowledge, obviously none of us arrive, right? but once you start to really dig in and have a really good um, gospel knowledge and and uh, know in your heart, it's like these things you can kind of use that as like to, to filtering other things through it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can. Um, think about parenting and filter it through that lens of the gospel and and you have to uh, I think you have to arrive at at these principles that we talk about
0: yeah what would you say are like the core principles that kind of form that foundation for both gentle parenting and and unschooling
1: yeah um yeah, I mean, obviously, something I've been thinking of recently, unschooling-wise, um, and just homeschooling-wise, because there are, you know, it's hard to say, well, the Bible says we should homeschool,
2: right? but it doesn't,
1: yeah. right? The Bible <laughs> says we have to let conscience be our guide and all, you know, things we keep the, you know, our faith and the gospel that but... Uh, but I would believe that would be like a secondary thing, right? It's not salvific. It's not like, oh, you're, you're not a good Christian. If you don't homeschool, Mm -hmm. right. We never want to say that um, because that becomes legalism and stuff. Um, but I think it's okay to talk about, uh, principles of, um, like in peaceful parenting, um, of the idea of, um, respecting children, right, Uh, respecting them as um, gifts from God, and, uh, you know, I mean, really, like, my kids are my children, but they're also brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, they have their own faith that they have, and so um, relating to them that way, they have you know, as believers, they have the Holy Spirit in them. And so they can understand things on their own. Um, They're not empty vessels, right? That, and that kind of relates to our thoughts on unschooling too, right? The idea that children come into the world with their own interests and curiosities, and um, they can... You know learn by themselves they don't need to be taught or like poured knowledge into their head right um, so same kind of thing they have the holy spirit and uh, they can understand and they can minister to me as well right as yep. they do other members of the body of christ they have spiritual gifts and that they can use um, another thing like along those lines of uh, their faith right you, you can't force anybody <laughs> we can't force our kids to, to believe. Right. Right. Um, And I mean, we can drive them to church, right. But I think that um, our role is more like modeling faith. Right. Yeah.
2: And
1: and we do that in unschooling and when it comes to matters of faith, where you model um, for your children, what, you know, I go to church, I pray, I seek wisdom from, the bible um yeah. and learning you know i i read i learn things that i'm interested in
0: yeah you can do that too right modeling um so and even that that distinction between knowing facts versus mm-hmm. knowing the person you know like knowing facts about god versus knowing god and having a relationship with god i i th- I feel like that has parallels as well when it comes to education and learning and, you know, in school, they can learn a whole bunch of facts, but if if those facts don't have relevance for them and they don't have like a relationship with those facts in real life, facts by themselves are meaningless. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you memorize all the facts in the world, but, but if those facts don't have value in transforming your life, like, and you're not using them in your life, what, what's the point, you know? And very similar with our Christian faith. Like, yes, we can absolutely share with our children and um, about scripture, about the Bible, about God. But until they have their own like relationship with God and, and their relationship is gonna be completely unique to them. Um, but it's it it's a very humbling experience as a parent to know like, yes, we're entrusted with, with caring for this child that God has given to us. But at the same time, I cannot force my child to know or believe or do anything um and when i i think when we can really understand that like that i cannot force my child to know believe or do anything it really shifts my position as a parent like what is my authority gonna you know like, what am i gonna do what am i gonna do you know like Really, it really is all about building that connected relationship with our children, like you mentioned, and modeling having a connected relationship with them and modeling having a connected relationship with God. Um, But at the end of the day, like God is the one that's in charge of how all that ends up, you know, and it, it does, it takes, it takes a lot to really trust God um, with our children and on their own unique path, whatever that looks like when it comes to their, their faith, when it comes to their careers, when it comes to their education, um, whatever that looks like it, it does. It is a part of our faith journey as parents to learn how to trust God with our kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs>
0: I I love that. And I'm, I would, I cannot end this episode without asking um, now that you guys have been unschooling and you've been practicing peaceful parenting um, as a family, what does life look like for you guys now? What are, what are your kids interested in? What are you guys up to? What are you up to? What is life like now?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm still, like I said, crazy obsessed with um, learning about unschooling still, you know, I'm still, um, doing all those things. Uh, in fact, I um, I said I wasn't a reader, but I do want to desperately read what other people have written on it. So I started a book club. And um, yeah, and so we read books about unschooling and peaceful parenting, and then we get together at the end of the month and talk about it. And so that kind of keeps me accountable, gets me really reading and responsible for like leading this book club. So that's been really good. And I, I love still- that. Yeah, so I write and Is share. That's something
0: it. that other people can kind of join yeah. you in if yeah, they're interested? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. well, you'll have to, have to share. How can, we, how can we join your book club? I, I've thought about yeah. starting one myself because I'm like, I really, I, I wanted to start a book club also about, you know, gentle parenting around yeah. school. And you didn't like going through my own book. Um, you know, with, like, a group of moms or something, but I would love to hear about how we can join you in your book club.
1: Yes, yes, I can um, share the link to our Discord server, and that's where we do everything, so, um, yes, we got that, and then, um, yeah, and I still like to write and stuff like that, and what else do I do, and so my kids, um, we kind of, uh, yeah, we kind of have I don't know we don't have a schedule <laughs> obviously we're on school <laughs> so it's just kind of a day at a time what we're excited about yeah. um and then we kind of have general things we're learning about and and my kids know obviously you know you take a more of a role of um you're not teacher but you're like mentor right and you're kind of guide and encourager and co-learner and, yep. and that kind of thing so you know obviously we talk about well you're getting into high school age now you know um if you were in school and, you know, start thinking about who you are and what you like and what you don't like and mm-hmm. what you want to do. And, you know, what will college be in your future? What are you going to need? And so help with things like that. And then allowing just obviously for whatever they're excited about, allowing plenty of time and thinking of fun things to do and ways to learn things. So right now, um, my daughter is, like, huge into genealogy. Mm. She got her DNA done, and um, just loves filling out the family tree and just doing all this research, and that's kind of led to, you know, um, you know where are your ancestors from, and then learning about all that culture, and, and mm. the country, and some of you know learning some of the languages of, of those places. And um, so that's been really cool. And she loves local history. Mm-hmm. And so she's been digging in to uh, local history stuff and loves old maps, and which is really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and, I'm, and I dig all that stuff too. So we were uh-huh. at the library the other day digging into like their local history reference section. It was super neat. How and, cool. Yeah. She likes that. And, um, she's artsy and she sings and, um, and then, um, my son, Calvin is like a, well, both my kids are gamers, but my son, Calvin is a huge gamer and he, um, he's really into collecting and learning about vintage games and stuff. Mm. He, he just absorbs anything he can with that. And, Uh um, And so lots of trips to the used game store and
0: uh-huh. informative stuff. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would like to ask you about that too, because that's been something that I I personally was really like concerned about the whole idea of gaming, because I, I know that a lot of unschoolers kind of don't really set limits when it comes to screens or playing video games. And I'm wondering what that has been like for you, or how do you handle screens or game time um and things like that with your kids
1: yeah my kids will yeah like game and screen from sun up to (laughs) sundown if they want to it does it does reach a point where they will get bored of it actually um and are into other things Um, my son is into playing guitar too but even that has turned into like he's hooked it up to the computer and then you know he'll look up stuff online, and so there's always that you know screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think that when we use that term, it it we don't distinguish, right? We just think screen, but really there's multiple. It's not like he's you know scrolling mindlessly or something. A lot of it is learning, right? Yeah. Well, it's um, all learning, but right, right. Technically, yes. I agree with that. Um, But, but yeah, in my, in my early research of like peaceful parenting and, um, and like that radical unschooling, which is Mm -hmm. kind of two together, right. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And a lot of um, parents were saying, we don't have limits on screens. Mm. And so I decided that that's, you know, I liked that idea my family's huge into technology, me, actually not so much, but my husband is, and my kids are. And, um, so we haven't set limits Mm. uh, at all. And actually, um, and actually it's been pretty okay because I feel like they know that I'm respecting what they're doing Mm. and, i'm you know you hear parents are like well you know i told them to to shut the game down and then they yelled at me and they threw you know they threw a fit and blah 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 i've never i've never had that wow like when i talk to them and i am kind and respectful and say oh hey um you're in the middle of the game you know dinner's ready um it's going to be ready in like five minutes would you mind come in They'll be like yep I'll, I'll be there in a minute let me finish up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that could just be my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what works for our family. So I'm like, I would never say all families should do that. I'm yeah. saying just that's worked for us. And, mm-hmm. and it's, um, you know, it's peaceful, right? We, we have peace in our home. I'm not fighting with my kids, get off those screens or, <laughs> not, you know, or, you know, a lot of times you hear of, I went over and I, Pulled the plug out of the wall mm. or whatever, and then my child, you know, says they hates me or whatever. Yeah, and it would be the same thing, you know, in the middle of the three final three minutes of the football game, and the kid, you know, what if I went over and shut the TV off? Right. Mm. That's not good. And so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we do, and and it's also helped. Um, I think when you, you know, anytime you restrict something that kind of leads to binging right or hiding it could lead to hiding yeah and so the fact that um I've not put limits on their screens and then have kind of followed that up with hey um you know let's make sure we're using good internet safety and please tell me if you ever see something or hey you know I know you know that there's things out there that are bad you know what's to leave if should be or mm-hmm. and they have we've had really good open communication about all of that yeah they know they don't need to hide things or sneak things from me hmm. they can ask me about things hey is it okay if I install this app or whatever <laughs> um, yeah and like I said so far so good and that's just what works for us so.
0: That's awesome. I've heard a lot of um, unschoolers talk about that. And it's, it's been very interesting. Like, I try not to set limits um, with my daughter, as I mentioned, she's seven now, she'll be eight soon. Um, We, but we talked about kind of like, I guess, like circumstances more so than like setting an arbitrary limit, like rather than being like, okay, you get one hour a day, Um, and that's it. Like we, we talk more about like circumstances and noticing behavior and, um, things like that. And so I actually have her kind of be a part of coming up with some guidelines, Mm -hmm. I would say more so than rules. Um, So one of the things that we talk about is like when we have friends over, like we want to be present with our friends and not just, you know, be behind a screen. And, and, you know, we talk about how would you feel if you went to your friend's house and they were on their iPad the whole time and she'd be like, oh, that, that wouldn't feel good. I would feel lonely. or I would feel like my friend didn't care. And I was like, yeah. So, you know, your friends might feel the way too. So what do you think we could do, you know, and just kind of talking through it with her and problem solving rather than me setting this, like arbitrary rule of her, like, oh, you know, oh, you can't be on your screen when your friends are here. But it's like having her a part of that discussion about when do we want to use screens, why do we want to use screens? How are we using screens? And you know, like you mentioned to talking with them about safety and and all those other issues. But um but yeah, so sh- so she has a lot more freedom um when it comes to screens. But I I can definitely I get I, I get nervous. <laughs> like I get a little bit nervous sometimes um because you know, sometimes she'll want to like stay up late, but then, I mean, the other day we got, um, she got the Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And and so she got this game. And the other day we were like playing Nintendo Switch together until like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. And it's like one o'clock in the morning we're playing Nintendo Switch and just cracking up laughing together and like having so much fun. And the other day she was telling me how like, that was one of her favorite memories with me was like staying up late playing Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, I could have been like okay you know it's eight o'clock time to go to bed and like turn off your device let's go but instead we just kind of went with it and it ended up being like a real I probably I think it's one of my favorite memories with kind of like bonding over this video game and playing together and laughing and um but it does it 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 really it it can be it can be challenging you know like that de-schooling process with school I feel like We have to kind of de-school a lot of other areas of life as well and unlearn a lot of the stuff that we've believed about, about school, about learning, about education, about parenting, about, you know, screens and control and authority and all these other things that are kind of, I feel like they're all wrapped up in that same idea. Um, But yeah, it can be, it can be hard. And one mom actually said something that really stuck out to me. She was like, would you be as worried if it was a book? um like would you be as afraid if it was a book and and I was like no I wouldn't like I wouldn't be worried if she was spending five hours reading a book and she was like okay so again unpack that idea of like your my judgment of how she's spending her time or my judgment of what she's enjoying um and when I could really kind of start to unpack that for myself like okay, why am I judging the fact that she wants to play Minecraft? You know, like, I don't understand what the attraction is to Minecraft. um, And I can be judgmental and critical about Minecraft, or I can sit next to her and come alongside her and observe and ask questions and play with her. even though I may not know what I'm doing, but like learning along, I love the word you said, co-learner, like being a co-learner with her um, and learning what she loves and being a part of that. Like, I feel like that's what really makes the difference and then I can see oh this is the this is what she's learning and doing this activity that I may not understand or in this video game that she's like been playing for hours oh like there is a lot of valuable learning that she's doing in here and and there is even just for the sake of doing something that's fun that you enjoy like I feel like there's value in that too you know um but I don't know, again, that's, that's my, my personal opinion. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it plays out as she grows up, but for now that's kind of where we are with, with the screen topic, but it is interesting for me to like hear other, (laughs) other, you know, families, especially like that have, you know, teenagers and stuff kind of hearing how that, that evolves over time with, without giving them those limits and seeing how they spend their time when they can choose freely. Yeah,
1: I think, Um, something, and I wonder if a lot of unschoolers feel this way because I've, I've had these thoughts myself where we think, well, unschooling is just being hands-off, right? Just let the kids do whatever they want. Just let them go. There they go. And I'm just going to be over here sitting in the corner, you know, (laughs) with my hands tied or something. And I can't, I can't do or say anything, you know, for fear that I might, you know, force them to think something or whatever. (laughs) Um, And yet really it's like, well, no, the whole point they're here with me. And the whole point that we're doing this is because I am like, I want to draw near to them. Mm -hmm. Like I get to be with them and I want to draw near and I want to know what they're doing. And I'm not, you know, forcing my will upon them or anything, or I'm not overly controlling them. And yet Mm -hmm. I'm just interested. I'm being a friend. Like I'm allowed to be a friend to them and play video games. You know, I love sitting in my, Daughter puts her head on my shoulder and we're watching TikToks together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that same like feeling, right? But you're you're with them and you're sharing what wisdom you have with them, or you're um, yeah, you know, just helping them and 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 loving and caring and being being excited for them. And, mm-hmm. um, and uh, at least for me, I'm excited about that. I know I hear a lot of things like, oh, there's this you know self-directed child and an autodidact and they went and they went off and and did this thing um my kids don't really have a lot of that personality yet Um, not that they won't and they can't um but we you know we enjoy being together and I'm still clinging on to to these last few short years you know that I have with them and they let me be such a big part of their lives. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what um, I love about this and about the life that we have right now.
0: Yeah. Sharing their lives. That's so true. I I wrote a post about this the other day of, you know, like when kids go to school, we're literally sharing the best part of their day Mm -hmm. with someone else, you know, and, and it, it's so true. Like, I mean, kids during the day, they're amazing. Like they're full of energy and they're happy and excited, especially in the morning, like, you Mm -hmm. know, during the day when it's sunny outside and you can do fun things together and spend quality time together. And I just, I can't even imagine like having my child be gone at school all day and then having to come home. And then right now I have to force you to do homework and do more work. And then, dinner and the dishes in bed. You know, I mean, that's basically it. Like <laughs> dinner, dishes in bed. Um, and, and that's the extent of the relationship that I would get to have with her if she was in a school setting. And, and I'm so mm-hmm. thankful that even as a single mom, like that I'm able to share the best part of her day and the best part of her life with her. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm so grateful that you have also been able to have that experience with your children too, and sharing the best part of them and being able to share the best part of you with them, because I know that that's time and memories and moments that that they never would have had um, if they had been in a different environment. So thank you for for doing that for them.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: um and before we go today I feel like there's a million things I could continue talking with you about so we'll probably have to have you back on as a guest in the future if you'd be up for it Um, (laughs) (laughs) but in the meantime if someone would like to get connected with you how can they get connected with you Sharon
1: yeah um I'm on Facebook uh share page so um That's my nickname, if you ever want to call me share. Um, (laughs) And uh, on Instagram, Sharon Sue. And I also have a peaceful and free uh, Instagram. And uh, on Facebook, uh, there's a page called Peaceful and Free. And that's where I just share resources. And I write little things. And I make silly memes sometimes. I just express my, you know, thoughts and try to process things, you know, through all different creative means. Yeah, Um, I love that. And on Twitter, you're also
0: on Twitter. And I am on Twitter. Um,
1: I've only been on Twitter like this past year, and I have just connected with so many cool people. (laughs) Me
0: me too. I think I joined Twitter in like 2014 or something like that, and never did anything with it. And then within like the last few months, like I've started, you know, connecting with other people on there, and it there's there's like this whole world of like unschoolers that are active on Twitter and um I've been connecting also with people that are into like NFTs and all these other things on on Twitter but um but yeah, Twitter is a great space as well to get connected with you and um, I'll make sure that I include all of, um, all of Sharon's links in the description of this video or if you're listening to the podcast in the description of the podcast so that you can get connected with her and who knows, maybe I'll see you um, in her book club, that would be cool. Um, and I want to thank you so very much, Sharon. Oh, and I have one question that I always ask my guests at the very end. If you could give one piece of advice to a family that is thinking about unschooling, um, or peaceful parenting or all of it, what, what would that one piece of advice be?
1: I would say that de-schooling, um, is something that I'm, I think is crucial and um, I would definitely look into that and really spend some devoted time de yourself before doing anything else.
0: I love that. Yes, de is so, so, so important. Um, do you have any particular resources that you found helpful that you think would be good for people to explore while they're in that de process? I, I know it's not like a one-time thing. I, f- I feel like you said, you know, de-schooling <laughs> is something that we do forever. I feel like it's like
1: it is, yeah, but. Um, i life. Some that I particularly like are um, Dumbing Us Down, John Taylor Gatto. Love him. Or anything by him. Um, he will really like break your love affair with school, you know, if you have any, like if you been, went to school and you're like, oh, it was pretty good. Um, so read some John <laughs> Taylor Gatto. And then John Holt, um, I would read Teach Your Own. Um, he, that. I think it was that one that dealt with a lot of like objections to homeschooling and he kind of dealt with that. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. And um, was it how children learn? Mm-hmm. How children fail, how children learn. Those were really um, helpful to me mm-hmm. in um, de and um, yep. yeah, there's a lot of new good ones out there, but I'll just leave it at those two for now. Those are a really great start.
0: Both um, John Taylor Gatto and John Holt were both really instrumental in my my journey as well um, and my process of of school and actually John Taylor Gatto is is my inspiration. Um, for writing my book, um, Tales of a Toxic Teacher. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that one yet, but if Oh, you, uh,
1: that is on my suggested in my book club. Oh, so fun! Oh,
0: well, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I'm, I'll be I'll, soon. <laughs> I'm excited um, to hear your thoughts about that one after you read it. But yeah, so um, if, you're, if you like John Taylor Gatto and you like his style and you're looking for a fresh... Um, look at the school system, which ironically looks just about the same as when he wrote his book in the 1980s. Um, You can take a look at my book, Tales of a Toxic Teacher, which is available on Amazon. It's also available on my website, www.peacefulworldschoolers.com. All right. Um, Thank you so very much, Sharon, for being an incredible guest. I had so much fun talking with you and learning more about you and your family and your journey into unschooling and peaceful parenting. Um, It has been such a pleasure and an honor to have you on today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And to all of my listeners, I wanna thank you so very much for joining us um, as we had this conversation together today. I deeply appreciate all of my listeners and thank you so much for all of the support that you guys have um, been providing for me over the last year that we've been doing this podcast. Um, So thank you so very much. And um, you can continue to support me by sharing this podcast with your friends. Please like and share it. Um, And also you can look for other ways to support me in the work that I'm doing on my website, www.peacefulworldschoolers.com. Thank you so very much. And I hope that your day is as wonderful as you are. Join us next Tuesday on the Peaceful World Schooling Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Harders. And if you enjoyed today's episode, click subscribe and be sure to hit the bell so you will not miss out on a single episode.